the amount of gallons per day the average Franklin uh, resident uses is, is extremely low compared to other communities. So our town, like recycling and other things, mm-hmm. really does perform at the citizen level at a high level. So. So Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM dial at 102.9. Here today for another Talk Franklin session with our town administrator, Jamie Helen, and marketing communications specialist, Lily Rivera. Good day, folks. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> this is great. In July, in the summer, it's nice out. The humidity's finally gone, Steve. It's the great to be in person. Broke. We're back in person, in ad hocking this morning. In the office with the view. Yep. The last time I think we were in person for your show was at Escape to Fiction, if my memory serves me correct. Um, yeah, because I think we had done one in the office, but yep. that was prior to was Escape prior to, to Fiction. That. So yep. it's been uh, a long time, but uh, it's great to be back. And, uh, Knock on wood, we'll I know keep, we have keep a things lot to going. Cover. We do, mm-hmm. we do. Because <laughs> it's part of that, you know, the heat wave broke, but the drought hasn't and according to the weather forecast it looks like it's going to continue for a while so yeah i think most of the state uh last week i think lily brought this up off offline a few minutes ago i think they most of the state went to a level three drought the town of franklin technically is not in a level three drought it is in a level two drought um we miss it by a couple of towns um but it's expected or anticipated that at the august 2nd drought management task force meeting at the state level that they're probably going to put without, you know, unless there's some sort of mm-hmm. magical amount of rain and, right. and precipitation, yep. um, it's expected that there's uh, the likelihood that we'll go through to a level three drought at some point in mm-hmm. the next month. Yeah. Um, and that's really the, when you hear the level three drought, that's really the drought level that um, most citizens have to pay attention to um, in the context that there likely will be uh, in level three drought areas uh, state requirements um, on water conservation. Um, I should note that ultimately this is this is really not as confrontational of an issue uh, in town as some may want it to be or mm-hmm. think it is. Right. Um, as you know, Steve, just last year the town of Franklin won another. DEP award. We're like the Golden State Warriors of. Yep. Really, we're like we're, we're we've won numerous awards on water conservation, mm-hmm. um, and you know ultimately, and I mean this sincerely, the credit for this really goes to a lot of the citizens, because they're the ones who ultimately conserve it. Um, you know, we do the best we can to put out um, information on water conservation, but you know, in a lot of communities, they don't necessarily see the results from that education. You know, mm-hmm. in Franklin, we do. Right. Um, and uh, the amount of gallons per day the average Franklin uh, resident uses is, is extremely low compared to other communities. So our town, like recycling and other things, mm-hmm. really does perform at the citizen level at a right. high level. So right. I'm not too concerned about the level three drought. Um, I think the the reality is is that what most people feel is a they just feel it just feels drier and mm-hmm. you know and in contrast to last summer when it felt really wet. Yeah. Um, and number two, you know, I think most people just have to deal with the fact that the gar- gardens and some plants and things mm-hmm. uh, aren't doing as well. Yeah. Um, the lawns will get brown, but they'll, they'll come back. They will come back. Like last year, it was too wet, and mm-hmm. we got complaints from a lot of people that there wasn't enough trimming being done mm-hmm. on trails and things. This year. You know, there's less, there's fewer mosquitoes, fewer sure. bugs, fewer problems like that. Yeah. Um, 
I think in a global sense, if the average Franklin resident um, pays attention to the rest of the world, the rest of the United States, you know, we're a fairly water-rich area. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we get... Even uh, though we're aquifer-based. Even though we're aquifer-based. But, yeah. you know, we have good uh, recharge from snow and ice. Right. Um, our climate serves this well. Um, if you look at the western half of the United States and other parts of the mm. rest of the world, France, right. you look at, you know, obviously Europe. Rivers there are wildfires up. everywhere. There's yeah. rivers drying up. The Colorado River is just a completely fascinating experiment that yeah. the country should be worried about. But here, um, you know, we're very fortunate. We're very lucky to be in a good position where a lot of the world doesn't have any water available mm-hmm. to itself. And here we have quite a bit. So. Right. I know that there'll be some people that'll probably uh, be upset at any regulations in August um, if they come, um, but I think in a in a more macro view, we should we should be pre- very appreciative for the area mm-hmm. that we live in and the situation that we're in. And um, you know, we do we are a fairly water rich community, and that's reflective in the ISO one designation too. So, right, right. Um, a little dry. Maybe we'll get some rain here at the end of the summer, but. You know, we know what's right around the corner. We know there's snow. <laughs> it will come. It'll it will come. come. Right. In the meantime, the town common on Fridays is the place to be. Between yeah. the farmer's market, the alternating food trucks, and yeah. movies on the common, concerts on the common, it's a happening place. That's a great segue, Steve, in from droughts into uh, fun events. It is the place to be, and it's great to see some of the work that we've done for a long time kind of come to fruition. You know, we've been waiting, as you know, for a while to have the food truck stuff at the at the concerts on the Common and have the connectivity. And now the farmer's market, uh, Lauren Rogers done a phenomenal job. They're getting, you know, uh, music acts in the afternoon, mm-hmm. two o'clock, three o'clock to kind of connect everything in. And, right. um, you know, judging by the crowds that I've seen, it does not seem like the drought is okay. having an impact on people's desire to be outside and have mm-hmm. fun on the common. So um, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that the response has been great. Yeah, even last Friday, in the heat, the common was still yeah. busy. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, we'll put it in a plug, because with the concerts on the common, they're funding through grants from either Franklin Culture Council, Mass Cultural mm-hmm. Council. So you know, kudos to those groups for yeah. providing the money so that we can have some fun. Yeah. And while we're on fun and water, there's a hydrant painting contest underway. Yes, yeah, so Franklin DPW is um, holding a fire hydrant painting event. Uh, so basically you have until August 12th to submit a proposal, uh, including your design, include some more information. Uh, and then applicants will be notified by August 19th. Uh, you don't have to be some type of, you know... Uh, Fine artist. Yeah, no, know. no, it's just, uh, the, you know, people of any artistic talent, anyone who has an idea, uh, it's BYOP, bring your own paint. paint. <laughs> um, just bring your creativity, some paint on yeah. over, and um, have a good time. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of designs, because obviously everybody's seen the standard fire hydrant, and it's yeah. the red and white here, or orange and white, depending on what you color call it, but what can you do with that? And I'm sure people are going to be creative. There was a lot of great photos, I think Lily put out, or somebody put out of, a minion and <laughs> some other cartoon characters right. and right. yeah, I think I think the event that uh, DPW and Lily and everybody's put together is fun because it also is nice and educational to know where your hydrants are, what the importance of them are. I'm sure Lily, there'll be a couple of DPW employees, maybe some police officers out there. You know, if it's really hot on that day, you know, mm-hmm. pulling the plug, letting the water out, uh-huh. showing kids how it's used. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a really fun event. What's the when is that, Lily? 
Um, so the judging is going to be taking place October 3rd through the 7th okay. at the DPW um, Tattoo Check event. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so no, October 3rd through the 7th, and then there's going to be announced the winners on October 15th. That's fun. So people have a couple months to do yeah. this? Get it yeah. in by August 12th. The application's online yeah. at the DPW page. I know I've shared the links through Franklin Matters. And the town social media campaigns will have it as well because that's what Lily does so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. There may even be a little miss touting the fire hydrant, who knows? Oh, a little miss. <laughs> little miss. Water conservation. Yeah, little miss. Fire safety. <laughs> and then at least picking up from some of the business pieces because business is still happening even though it's kind of summer and school break businesses still happen and you introduced a friendly 40b draft to the town council last week i did so i can't encourage you know we can't for any listener out there that hears the term 40b um, it traditionally elicits a lot of emotional reactions Mm -hmm. as it should it does for municipal uh, government employees as well and I would encourage anybody that's interested in 40Bs to call the planning office, uh, Brian or Amy, call myself and the town administrator, um, talk to staff about 40Bs, do a little bit of research on the town website. Um, Most people think of a 40B in a punitive and negative way, where by state law uh, that was established in the late 60s, each town has to have 10% of its uh, housing stock deemed affordable by uh, state guidelines. Um, I can assure uh, everybody out there that if 40B is toxic as it is, if 40B did not exist, you would see far less affordable housing in Massachusetts. It's right. just the, it's just the, the truth. Yeah. And so 40B has been a positive thing for a lot of communities. And in Franklin, uh, my predecessor Jeff, the town councils, you know, shout outs to a lot of uh, former councilors, particularly uh, Councilor Pfeffer and. Uh, a bunch of others who really have been having a, uh, really put Franklin on the forefront of trying to do more f- uh, affordable housing work through the Affordable Housing Trust. We've got a vibrant housing authority. Uh, we've got a very proactive uh, community. Uh, so we're over our 10%, and we have been for a few years, and we expect to be over for the next uh, decade or so. But what we can't do is get complacent also about the actual crisis that is engulfing Massachusetts mm-hmm. and a lot of high uh, affluent communities is the ability to afford a home is just becoming, as everybody knows, much yeah, and much more distant for, pricing is for folks. Pricing is, is crazy. The market's crazy. Yeah. Some of it certainly is a supply and demand issue. Yeah. There's no question about that. Um, yeah. But if anybody thinks that plopping in you know, 100,000 more housing units in eastern Massachusetts is going to somehow drop the prices, uh, I think they're sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a fight that we're going to have to continue to contend with for a long time. There's been some uh, 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 f- what's called friendly 40Bs that have been rumored to uh, have been uh, in the works in town and uh, on some parcels. And what a friendly 40B is, is largely when you're over that 10% requirement, the town then holds the cards. There's a separate and distinguished state legal process at how you approve a friendly 40B for a town that's over that 10%. And ultimately that requires two legal approvals. It requires the comprehensive permit from the Zoning Board of Appeals, like all 40Bs. Mm-hmm. And it also requires what's called the LIP, uh, a local initiative uh, petition to be approved by the, in this case, 
legislative body or the town council. Right. So those are the two legal reviews. Planning Board and Conservation, ironically, under the 40B statute, are largely cut out of the process. Mm. And I think most residents in Franklin and people who monitor things or are butters and get involved are traditionally used to the Planning Board and Conservation Commission having some role and mm -hmm. expertise sure. in housing development or development in general. Yeah, in the normal flow. That's in the normal flow. That's right. And so when you're not dealing with affordable housing laws at all, you're just dealing with whatever people want to build on the private property mm -hmm. uh, under current zoning. And so what we did is we put together as a staff, uh, a lot of questions were coming to us. Like, mm -hmm. which do we go first? Do we go to ZBA? Do we go to the state? Right. Do we go get approval from the council? Do we go here, there, and everywhere? And so we had more questions than answers. And so we came up with a very simple framework. It's not... Uh, the policy that we put out is not etched in statute. It's mm -hmm. not the final say forever. Mm -hmm. um, and we tried to do the best we could to put together at least a framework to give somebody out there who may be thinking of a friendly 40B mm -hmm. some framework at which to organize their plans um, to be respectful to that community that's investing a lot of money in engineering and design and site plans mm -hmm. and, and mitigation to at least have an understanding of what their timeline might be for financing, for bank loan, whatever the situation yeah. might be. And so we tried to put out just a framework. Um, we've not had any applications. Um, um, you know, we, we don't know if there will be any, mm -hmm. um, you know, but it's intended to also not just give a framework for builders, but also a framework for the community so that people in a certain neighborhood where there may be one proposed, mm -hmm can educate themselves over a longer period of time. They yep. can get different viewpoints from the wetlands regulations, from planning board. Mm -hmm. The town council will certainly have their own views on this. Sure. And the zoning board of appeals will have their own views on this, as will the state. Right. So this is a moving, livable you know, process, framework, and if there are any applications, those projects will be mm -hmm. living, uh, breathing kind of entities that will continue to metamorphosize over time mm -hmm. as that community conversation engulfs around right. the project. Right. I think this framework gives the community the opportunity to be a part of a project to make sure that in lieu of units being built, there's proper mitigation, proper consideration, and there's proper public amenities that are of the benefit to the whole in the community. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so you know, this is going to be new for a lot of people. Um, this is not something that happens in a lot of communities. In fact, I'm not even sure if it does happen in a lot of other communities. Yeah, based on what I've seen so far, there's a few that have actually implemented it, but given there's the state of mass, this, that's not enough. <laughs> you, you don't know. And so we're trying to give everybody a fair bite at the apple. Mm -hmm. You know, we understand how contentious building construction in general in mm -hmm. Franklin is, right? There's a lot of people... Um, that are upset with anything being built. And there's a lot of people in town who say, my kids can't afford to live here. Right. They can't afford to afford a home in town. We have a lot of municipal and school employees who say, mm -hmm. we'd love to live in town that we work in. We're gonna work here for our careers, but we can't, we can't find any place to be. So in my job, we have to balance the needs of the entire part of the community. And we can't just be purely obstructionist. But we also have to recognize that there are concerns that people have from the growth in the community in mm -hmm. the town, in the congestion that's in the community. Right. So we have to balance some of those. Right. And what this framework attempts to do is to create at least a middle of the road path for everybody to follow 
um, so we can engage in these very, very difficult community conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's related to the Franklin for All MAPC study, which is already underway, focused on the downtown commercial district, but it has residential components to it in terms of the density requirements. And as you've mentioned, we've discussed previously, we need affordable housing. Um, even in the Eaton Place, you've got the Franklin Ridge coming online at yeah. some point in time when that's fully funded mm -hmm. to start doing it. In the meantime, work is at least happening to progress and move it forward. But this, to your point, gives the developers and other potential builders at least, okay, what is the possible timeline? What's the approval process as opposed to trying to figure it out? Or, or worse, I, I think there was, in my view, there was a risk of... You know, I think the, the staff all felt that each project has to be taken under its own case-by-case -case scenario. Mm -hmm. sure. um, you know, people can get overwhelmed with the totality of it all, and each project has to be evaluated on its own unique status, just like they are now. Mm -hmm. And what we were also concerned of is, are we going to have changing procedures? Hmm. You know, for one project, it should have been this way, but in this project, it should have been that way. And I don't think that that's fair to everybody as well. I don't think it's fair to the uh, the officials who have to vote on these things mm -hmm. and actually uh, litigate them in public. Yeah. And it's not fair to the, the prospective builders who don't really know the lay of the land and where to go. Um, and so it's generally, again, a framework. I know that the planning board and the council uh, and, and Conservation Commission have all had discussions at their meetings on this, and I, I do thank those folks on the Conservation Commission and the Planning Board for, for bringing a lot of their feedback mm -hmm. to us about how this framework could be better. Um, those comments uh, are things that we will continue, continue to take under consideration. Mm -hmm. um, I think those boards should continue to discuss this stuff. Sure. Um, and how we handle these aberrations of these friendly 40Bs versus the regular process the community mm -hmm. is familiar with. And ultimately, you know, what we're hoping to get, and as you just mentioned with the Franklin for All project, um, and the housing production plan was just approved by the Department of Housing and Community Development by the state. Okay. So we have the housing production plan that's been approved by the state for the first time in 10 years. We have this new zoning study for downtown and some of the adjacent areas with a report, which on August 10th, the Economic Development Committee and the Steering Committee with the members of the Planning Board and ZBA will mm -hmm. be giving us some direction, voting right. um, to give us some direction on housing. If you're interested in this topic, I've said it on your show before, mm -hmm. now is the time to get involved. If you are interested in development, right. and you're interested in housing development, and you're interested in demographics, and you're interested in population growth, mm -hmm. if you're interested in traffic congestion and mitigation to development, mm -hmm. now is the time where you need to be showing up at a lot of these key meetings in public. And not just to necessarily give your viewpoint, but just to listen to the debate mm -hmm. and the complexity of these issues. Yeah. And I think what we're about to see is we're about to witness a lot of elected officials and appointed officials and people who have a lot of expertise on this topic. We're, we're gonna see some varying opinions. Mm -hmm. And that I think is very, very important because I think it shows the varying amount of opinions in the community from different demographics of the community, whether sure. you're seniors or yeah. young professionals. Yep. Or whether you're, you know, Gen Xers like me, and in the middle of life, mm -hmm. you you have a different view on these things, and this is where this is where the the balance of the mitigation of generally the public opinions 
has to be balanced as we go through with this. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is going to get it all their way. Not everybody should expect to get nothing. Um, we need to understand that this is ultimately going to be uh, a give and take, a compromise, mm -hmm. and some prioritization to a very complicated problem. Right. It's not exclusive to Franklin, nope. Uh, nope. but we have some real opportunities in front of us to make some significant change and some significant uh, differences. And I hope that we do not, as a community, let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Because mm -hmm. uh, there are some, as you would, I'm sure, agree, Steve, there's some really good opportunities coming up to do some, to either change zoning rules right. or look at actual real housing development. Mm -hmm. But it's going to take us as a community some, 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 some real elbow grease to show up at these meetings, participate mm -hmm. in the real meetings, not the Facebook meetings. Yeah. Um, this is where the action's at. Right. And just a quick reminder, certainly August 10th, DDC meeting to prioritize an MAPC for those, the Mass Area Planning Council had proposed, I think it was 11 recommendations. Yep. Clearly, you can't work on all 11 at once. You will, you may in fact get to them ultimately, yep. but this is the prioritization to say, what are the one, two, three that we need to go forward first? That's right. Um, and do that, so tout to that. And I believe in the town council meeting as well, you're gonna talk about green communities, which is an aspect of this. Absolutely, yeah, I mean, we're, we've been hoping for a while. Um, you know, when Jeff was here, you know, he did a lot with Mike D'Angelo on our building efficiencies, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then I got here, and then, you know, I led the charge to become a certified green community. And now this is something uh, our assistant in the office, Alicia, loves working on. She's done a great job. And so we've never really taken the omnibus efforts of my predecessor and Mike, myself, mm -hmm. when I was working with Jeff and convinced him to finally get certified. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing the benefit through Alicia's efforts of applying for annual grants. Sure. And we've gotten several hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, grants. She's led the charge for um, the electric vehicles and the charging stations. So, you know, we've never really done a, a where are we now yeah. uh, presentation. And so Alicia and I are going to give kind of an overview um, of, our, of, our, of our approach, which has been methodically slow and steady. Mm -hmm. um, each year we just do more and more. Yeah. And um, as uh, Councilor Frangillo recently said, you know, now that he's been working for the state for a while, I think he's heard from some of the energy officials that, you know, Franklin is really killing it on, mm -hmm. on green energy. I think where we're moving forward really quickly, um, we'll summarize in the presentation the town's efforts from buildings, cars, staff, you know, other things like that that we've done with solar, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I think the future challenge is really about the citizens and what their views are and right. how they invest in their homes or their personal lives with electric vehicles, charging stations, and yeah. stuff like that. And, yeah. and I think it's not as if to say the town can't do more, but we can't do everything. And um, there needs to be, I think, and I've said this to a few advocates recently, I think there needs to be, the town cannot be the only entity leading the charge for a net zero Franklin. Mm -hmm. It has to be a grassroots network in this yeah. community. Yeah. And I've watched it now for seven years where there really isn't always a grassroots advocacy network in Franklin. And I've pitched the idea to some to say, instead of having more government action on these things mm -hmm. with things that are a little bit out of our control, sure. 
let's engage the citizens, who I think largely in Franklin are are, are believers in climate change and are doing things in their own lives to mm-hmm. get the ball down the field. But I think there needs to be some sort of grassroots nonprofit network where you call it the Franklin Regional Alliance for Net Zero, something of that degree where right. they can go out and, and educate, do outreach, they can raise money, mm-hmm. they can have a real presence, they can fill that advocacy void. Sure. You know? um, the town can only really still control what we physically control. Right. There's a fine line when we get into advocacy going out right. to residential and commercial yeah buildings in town, uh, we need a more grassroots network, I think, in Franklin. So that presentation, for me, is something that's going to be a big deal because we worked really hard to get the green community certification, mm-hmm. and we've sure. done some great things. Yeah. And Alicia's done some great things that really hasn't been, uh, that's been highlighted, but um, you know, this will be one of her first opportunities to kind yeah. of give the so overview of her work. When you get this grant or that grant, I help share, so yeah. we're telling the story. But this presentation effectively pulls the whole package together right. to tell more of the complete story. And it's an ongoing piece as well, because you can't do it all at once. It takes steps in time. Um, one of the other pieces, I'll give the slight plug in. I've been having a series with our, one of our local advocates, Ted McIntyre, in terms of helping Steve make sense of climate. <laughs> what is it that really, I mean, the state legislation actually is now has revised their legislation, which is before Governor Baker. We'll see yep. how much he approves or disapproves, et cetera. But we have some aggressive targets to 2030 and 2050. What does that mean for yeah. us? And I think to your point, the citizenry need to one, understand that, and then, okay, now what do I do to help? That's right. And that's, right. that's the next sets of the sessions we've got coming, which I think given what the state's doing, there'll be additional mass save grants available, et cetera, all these things we need to consider because it's in the big picture and it'll help us get forward. And some folks have come forward with a great idea to have like, uh, you know, additional um, uh, you know, website asset place where there's a one-stop shop of everything that's available to a commercial industrial property owner or a residential property mm, owner right. and um, you know again I, I, I one of my worries is is just you know it, it sounds like a great idea and I think it is a great idea but is the town of Franklin the the holder of the idea yes. or is this again you know I think what I've seen and you, you and I've talked about this is this that, proliferation that of partnership of, of just the town and the school district doing everything right right yeah. every problem is got to be solved by the schools or the town and you know I've tried to uh, be as uh, customer service uh, friendly as possible on most suggestions mm-hmm. but some you just are better served externally and I think that also what I, I believe in this is you know, when we start talking about commercial property owner and residential property owner investments, you know, one of the things I, I talk to the advocates about, and we'll talk about it again in August at the council meeting, is we have to be sensitive to the fact that every homeowner, residential, or every property owner really, mm-hmm. sure. is kind of in their own space right now, trying to still work out the pandemic, mm-hmm. their careers, their livelihoods, their mm-hmm. lifestyles. Uh, their jobs, their their reframing of going back in the office, not Things being in the changing. office, working what from home. What is the new normal? <laughs> what is the new normal? And everyone's still defining that. Yeah. And I think this is a good time to be able to get those outreach materials out mm-hmm. to to residents. Right. At the same time, we have to let the residents and the and the property owners kind of at least determine chart some of their own destiny. Yeah. You know, um, some of us may not be ready to do a car charging station at our houses yet. Right. 
some people may not want solar panels yet. Some mm -hmm. people may want them. Right. Some people with this legislation you just mentioned, maybe there's really good financial incentives in there for, for car charging stations. Sure. And that's something that can be yeah. uh, enhanced. So um, I think, again, all things looking up, looking forward, you know, Franklin's still a leader uh, in, uh, in green energy and mm -hmm. renewables as an organization. Um, you know, and, and everybody who's interested in this should really turn in on the on, on August seventeenth. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then in terms of that future, again based on the past uh, town council meeting, you're almost ready to start releasing your next five year analysis forecast. Yep. Which, given the current climate at least and an increase in inflation that we've seen recently, is going to have some budgetary impacts as we go forward. Yep. Um, it. Absolutely, and um, I'm trying to choose a lot of my words carefully when the forecast goes out, but the main message is is that when we approved the budget in May, inflation had started seeping in you know, to, to the public consciousness six, mm -hmm. eight months before. In a high inflation environment, it always takes a solid six to 18 months to settle into the local level. Mm -hmm. It also takes us a solid six to 18 months to climb out of it. Well, I'm here to, to sound the at least the, the alarm. soft alarm <laughs> that um, you know we're we're seeing some of the increases already right out of the fiscal year gate. Okay? Right. Um, two issues that I can uh, speak to really quickly. One um, later this year, uh, the town's electricity rate uh, for what we pay for electricity, um, aside from the uh, the solar piece, um, you know, we're looking at probably a couple cents per kilowatt increase mm -hmm. later this fiscal year. Right. Well, that's something just for the budget watchers out there. I have to contend with later in the year. So if the budget goes up unanticipated two cents for six months, mm -hmm. okay, that's going to mean in in the facility's budget something else has to give. Sure. And yeah. so uh, the most notable example people are going to feel by the end of the fiscal year is the DPW. Right. As Brutus always tells us. A third of his budget is personnel, unlike police or fire, three quarters of his budget or whatever, two thirds, is, is going to be expenses. Yeah. It's, it's steel, it's copper, it's pipe, it's materials, it's labor, it's snow and ice, it's salt, it's sand, it's dirt, it's loam, it's hydro seed. It's asphalt, which mm -hmm. plastic, which is made out of petroleum. Right. You know, um, all those issues are going to come hitting on his budget uh, significantly. I expect a fairly decent budget adjustment probably in November to accommodate for some of these issues. Mm -hmm. But um, but people should be aware that um, when you're paying twenty percent higher costs in salt to remove salt and ice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's going to actually have to be made up somewhere else in the budget. Right. Um, and so I think the organization is going to have some very challenging uh, decisions to make uh, within a year. FY23 is ultimately going to be a year where inflation settles in. Right. And we see how much services for our dollar can we get. Right. Moving into FY24, uh, barring any unforeseen circumstance, you know, we're still looking at a recession-like environment. Mm-hmm. And you can see it with the Federal Reserve. They've sure. already been basically saying they're going to trigger interest rates, rates up in yep. the fall. Yep. That's going to have a big effect, Steve, as you mm -hmm. know, on yep. borrowing ability, Absolutely. debt and interest. Yep. So some of these projects we've been talking about capital-wise, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's going to be challenging to see where they fit. Davis yep. Thayer is going to be uh, subjected to this, right. uh, a renovated police station. 
And one of the projects we were really preparing for was the remodel of Remington Jefferson right. uh, with the roof, uh, the, the fire roof. alarms, the playground, a variety piece. of other things there. Yeah. So, you know, we just got a 3.3% interest rate at a AAA bond rating in yeah. the market in May. Right. Two years ago, we went out and borrowed without AAA and we got a 1.4% rate. Right. So you've already seen that more than double right. in a few years and our bond rating went up Mm -hmm. to the highest level, yeah. it tells you where the markets are. Right. And ultimately for borrowing and for major multi-million dollar uh, facilities or infrastructure projects, mm -hmm. um, you know, these are hard. And this isn't even to discuss, speaking of infrastructure, mm -hmm. I just mentioned some of the building related projects. Sure. For those that have been advocating for sidewalks, roads, uh, you know, greater access to parks and major right. renovations yeah. of public infrastructure, yeah parking lots, you know, we're not even talking about that stuff yet, mm -hmm. um, which I know is on many people's wish lists, but we're not even getting there yet. Yeah. We're talking about the stuff that's been in the pipeline three, four, five years ago. Yeah. Well, even with the Community Preservation Act funding available, yeah. coming available, those dollars are going to go not as far with right. an inflation effect. That's so, exactly right, with yeah. the inflation effect. So we, we still have to feel out what this means. I think everybody is going through this. Everybody mm -hmm. shows up at the grocery store, I think. And, yeah. and there's stuff that's not there that you usually buy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think you're just still seeing... Products discontinued, and the ones that are there are... Right. It's more expensive. <laughs> Labor costs, sure. shifting dynamics. Transportation. Uh, as far as I know, we still can't enter China, um, you know, because of, the, because of the coronavirus problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of investors in America have never been to China for three years. I mean... Mm. It, there's just so many there's so many dynamics at play hmm. and it's so difficult for any American business to stay consistent and we heard this last week from even Plansy they're mm -hmm. growing at a huge rate where they're bursting at the seams in their building right. some businesses are continuing to take off yeah. and do really well and are having a hard time meeting the demand sure. and some businesses are having a struggle with the supply chain problem so right. This is all going to settle in in FY23. Um, the public should expect for a, a bumpy ride. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some of the uh, the more fond days of, of where we've been able to get to the top of the mountain are probably over for the time being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we'll certainly continue while the budget season is over. As we've also talked, the budget is ongoing, and this is just one aspect of it. <laughs> this is usually the time <laughs> off, right? The budget's done in May. The schools are out for the summer. Yep. Everyone's at the, hopefully at the beach, you know, doing what they want to do, fun stuff and vacations. Yep. And yet, our one of our busiest times in the finance department is right now. Right, because that's where close, none of them are off. Close they don't the take books, vacations. Close the books on the fiscal year, encumbrances, other state uh, requirements they have to mm -hmm. do for reporting, and they're getting you know used to costing out. And we're seeing the costs and effects of inflation where we're now doing perspectives. Mm -hmm. So for our finance and comptroller's office, um, you know, this is one of the busiest times of mm -hmm. the year for sure. Indeed. And then you mentioned Davis Sayer. So the town council formally started the process to transfer the deed, et cetera, from schools, which had discontinued its yeah. use as a building to town ownership, which will then kick off a planning process. What are we going to do with it? How are we going to use it? Yeah. And related to that, because it's building-based, the uh, Old South Meeting House yeah. uh, Town Council gave some guidance in terms of how you're going to prepare the RFP, which will go out and then ultimately lead to a decision as to how, what's going to happen to that building. A year ago, if you'd said that we'd be sitting here talking about putting out an RFP that was likely to be accepted, 
um, to the Old South uh, Meeting House, I, I, pro- I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, and I think Steve, I think it, Steve it wouldn't have been high on the list. Yeah, you may have been a little skeptical of, of whether that was used, but, but here we are. Um, and so it's a, a, a great thing that there's some interested folks in the uh, South Meeting House. We'll, they did give me some direction. I think the majority of the comments from the council were, were rallied around you know, um, the desire to have a public meeting house, as Councilor Sheridan had articulated mm-hmm. very well. I mean, we would love that. Yeah. Um, um, nobody stepped up to help. Um, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the town can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, there needed to be some third-party investment. And I think the bigger issue, and there were some that wanted to maintain it as a, a, a place of worship, which I also uh, mm-hmm. completely understand uh, that history. Um, on the same end, I think what took you know took the day was the concerns around the, the character in the neighborhood and what a lot of the abutters <coughs> had spoken of over the years. I think more traffic again, bang, back to traffic, mm-hmm. but more congestion at that intersection. Um, you know that the meeting house was there for that neighborhood, not Colt Road. Many of the Washington Street corridor residents that had lived there for a hundred and something years mm-hmm. to have a meeting house. It wasn't intended, you know, to really be a, a, a meeting house. I don't think in today's day and era, the parking so, would be difficult, right. the traffic control would be difficult. Right. It's not ADA accessible. It was back in the day, when people walked um, or took their horse, or took their horse someplace, you know, um, you know, before we had hydrants uh, to pay <laughs> too, you know. Um, but it 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 has some value to it. There's a mm-hmm. lot of character to it. And I think a lot of the area residents really did think that one of the best uses was to have a, a, a duplex or a single-family home where a couple of, of Franklin families um, you know, could enjoy the, the fruits of an affordable uh, house. Um, and so, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. And Davis there, um, the path obviously is a little less uh, easy to see. Um, I think um, I noticed from the community, Steve, you've heard all the rumors. Uh, there's a lot of very passionate views on mm-hmm. what Davis there should become. Um, my caution to everybody is this this takes a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, when I worked at Hopkinton, uh, they have a school of a similar age uh, scope called the Center School right on the town common. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the school still sits there today vacant. It's been closed for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these older buildings are very expensive to rehabilitate. Sure. Um, the insides are very thick. They can take a lot, a lot it takes a lot of money to, to do that. Um, it's not ADA accessible. We've done numerous studies on the on the building. It's it's in great shape. I think the exterior is in very good shape, mm-hmm. um, but the insides are going to need some some work. Um, you know, the other dynamics with it is is the the playground, the field, sure, the parking, yeah. the location of the yeah. land. Um, it's your gateway to downtown Franklin. Sure. It's, it's also spot. right yeah. around next to the library and Dean mm-hmm. College. Yeah. There's a lot of people in town who have, who who will uh, be pushing very hard for a police station there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that's the best site for a lot of reasons. Um, there's a lot of people who will be pushing for um, you know affordable housing for different demographics, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's artist lofts or whether it's uh, senior housing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that I think are pushing already for a second um, a second community center, a recreation and arts center, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a town archive, 
Um, and some other resources. You got the ball field, the parking for the library for downtown events. Right. Um, and you have Dean College right next door. Sure. Uh, who I'm sure at some point will be looking very carefully at that uh, at that uh, mm-hmm. at this discussion. Um, and you just have a lot of people that have a lot of ideas. The also important thing is I think I think ultimately my recommendation, whether they take it or not, I don't know. But my recommendation is going to be to to actually have the town council itself be the reuse committee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see any exercise in going through a process for six months to set up another committee, go through a community recruitment process, go through that piece, mm-hmm. when any subcommittee is going to recommend back to the council anyways what they should do with it. The two or three options or This whatever. is very different than a typical building project like mm-hmm. you had at the high school sure. or any of the schools, yeah. right? Or the yeah. police station will be very different. Those are buildings that have a lot of technical pieces to it. You're not deciding you know exactly what to do with a piece of valuable property. What you're deciding is what's what do we need a building for? What do we need? What's the goal? Right? Mm-hmm. It's a different process. So sure. ultimately, uh, I think socially, politically, economically, these are decisions that are all going to come back to the town council, anyways. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so much community viewpoint on this. I think it's important that they um, take the bull by the horns on this one, mm-hmm. and they're really the reuse committee to hear all spectrums of the community and what they want to do with that parcel. Yeah, yeah. and then you can set up whether it's one or two hearings, forms for feedback, email, gather in multiple formats, however many, and yeah. get over enough time so you're not catching somebody just because they're away for a week or whatever yeah. you're catching. And having some discussion around, again, the prioritization, the bubbling up of what it could be to build some consensus, because the consensus is effectively where it's going to be at least more amenable. So so right now, what the town attorney is doing is working through the Registry of Deeds to to convert that property mm-hmm. sure. card, which is a step, just like yeah. your home, Absolutely. you have to convert it to town of Franklin property. And then, as we've discussed, we're probably going to have an open house because there's a lot of people who want to go back in and yeah. relive some old memories, which is which is absolutely mm-hmm. a, a key piece of this. Sure. And I think you're right. We're going to um, eventually have um, probably somebody from Castle Booze who worked with the school district on the assessment study right. um, to be a part of and say, well, if it were this, what's the quick one pager? If it were this, what's... This will not meet what a police station needs. This will meet a police station needs. Right, right. And just do something of a broad overview mm-hmm. so that when we do have those forums, which will probably be full town council meetings, oh, yeah. we have some experts who have looked at the building already right. and said, this would work, this wouldn't work, yeah. this might not work. If you did this, this yeah. is what happened. And so we have some expertise. Absolutely. You're going to need some of that at least right. to help. Because we all have uh, these ideas, but we're not builders. We're not developers. How, what's it going to cost to do this or that? Let somebody come in and do that kind of one-page overview that these are the pros, these are the cons. That's right. That's right. It's a pretty... I think it's a... A fairly large decision. It's a oh, big piece of land sure. at a very, very key it's area be a very of town. Visible decision. It's no going to be a very visible decision, <laughs> and that's that. I think is a big part of it. I drive yeah. by it every day now, coming in on the detour, yeah. and you know, I look at the big trees, and I just look at the front lawn yeah. and the ball field, and I see yeah. the kids playing there all day, yeah. even when school's out now, sure. right? Because it's a nice yeah. field. Yeah. It almost acts like a de facto downtown park. It does. It yeah. does. And, and so, you get the little free library there. I mean, there's all kinds. Library there, just, you know, and you know, I'll admit it. I park there for most of the downtown events. It's yeah, it's, it's convenient. convenient, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so we'll see what happens with that. But you know, if people are interested in that project, they should really uh, start looking to the fall and winter, and, and that'll that'll mm-hmm. wrap up. Yep.
and as we've discussed in other places, there are enough things happening. There's enough places, whether via the town social or town website, to find out what's going on. Clearly, Franklin Matters, Franklin TV, radio, with the YouTube videos now coming out as well. The information is there. Mm-hmm. Find it and then participate. Mm-hmm. That's all we can really say. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time today. Um, I hope the hydrant stuff comes up really nice, and who knows, we'll see some more Little Misses developments <laughs> along the way. I may even try to do some Franklin Matters Little Miss, etc. <laughs> That'd be great. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you, and for the listeners, we do this because Franklin Matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.